Uh, okay, wait, hold on. What do I do with the coffee now? It's been about three minutes. Okay. Then you just put the lid back on. The plunger back in. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to push it down just where there's coffee sitting just on top of the filter. On All top right. of the filter or on top of the plunger? The, well, the, the filter, the metal mesh filter. Just over the top, right? So it looks like you're starting to press it, but you don't actually press all the way down. Okay. Yep. And then you just pour it out of there. Dope. So you keep, you don't put the plunger all the way down. You just kind of use it to filter out the rest. I know. It's the whole thing. James Hoffman, I am trusting you. World barista champion of, what was it, 2009 or something? So since watching James Hoffman videos, I'm like, okay, I need to redo my entire coffee setup. I need to get rid of my actual coffee maker. I need to get some sort of kettle. My roommate has one, but there's potential that I will be moving. And if I do, then I will get my own kettle. And I need to have just one espresso, not espresso, uh, one French press. And I want to get a pour over. Because currently there are three French presses in this house for two people. I don't understand why that's a thing, but that's a thing. That's a bit much, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> I only have one. I don't know why he has two. And now he uses mine. I'm guessing yours is the one that's out on the counter most of the time. I put it away. I put all three of them in the same spot. And then the other day I came home and mine was sitting out on the counter. I was like, mine is the the most usual sized one. Okay. He okay. has a very small one and a very big one. Oh, I and want the very big one. Right in the middle. <laughs> I want the very well, big one. Well, mine doesn't drink that much coffee. I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast, but we have an inordinate amount of coffee supplies for how little the house drinks coffee. Yeah. Actually, where I'm living now, we probably need more coffee supplies because my sister-in-law and her fiance drink coffee at least every night. I drink coffee in the morning and at night with them. Like we drink a lot of coffee. So I probably need more things. I'm not going to tell my wife that because she's going to tell me no, but. <laughs> tell your parent. I don't know who you're living with. Tell the brand of the house. You guys need more coffee things. <laughs> I'm living with my sister-in-law, so. Oh. Yeah. Which yeah, she, tell her she, she needs more coffee things. Well, she has a whole plan. Like, they're getting married soon, so she has a whole different, like, big system thing that's on her registry. Mm. So we're holding off on buying anything. You know, it's a whole thing. So uh, I can't, I can't force worst. more things in here until we know they don't get it on the registry. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. That's annoying. That's <laughs> It's such a silly thing to be like, I'm going to wait because this other thing is coming. But it's like, I kind of sort of need this thing now. Well, and you also don't really know. Well, you don't even know if the thing's coming. Like, you hope it's coming, but it might not. <laughs> uh, so frustrating. For sure. Speaking of getting married. <laughs> what? I think, that I think that falls into our um, our categories of what we're going to talk about today, don't you think? <laughs> Maybe. A little bit. <laughs> well, we should start with how we normally start still, yeah? Uh, So what are you drinking this morning, Malik? 
I am drinking regular non-flavored coffee. It's from uh, 8 o'clock. It's a brand that Walmart sells. Um, I got some of their whole beans, which I didn't even know they had whole beans at the brand. I was just like shopping on the Walmart app. I'm like, oh, I just want whole beans. And I just clicked on it. Not really paying attention to the size of the bag I got. So I end up with a two pound bag of coffee <laughs> versus the one pound. So normally I get a pound or, or a little bit more anytime I go. But I just wasn't paying attention and I just clicked it and bam, two pounds of coffee. So now two of my new containers of coffee are completely full. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. Making it work. It tastes okay. It's it's just regular medium roast. It's nothing like nothing particularly special. But throw some creamer in it and it's good to go. So, you know. Alright. Uh if we ever get any merch, we need to have something that just says, It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Because you say that at least every episode, if not multiple times every episode. Because that's how I get through the day. (laughs) (laughs) I need to adopt that phrase, apparently. (laughs) And what are you drinking? I am being very boring, and I have not been exploring new coffees. So I'm back to the Good Bean Medium Roast from Oregon, Jacksonville, Oregon. It's yummy. It's good. It's still too hot because I just made it, and I am not used to it being this hot. The kettle really did a number on that water, and it is still boiling like 10 minutes later. Um, When you do an electric kettle, you can actually control the temperature a lot more, too. Like, they don't go quite as next-level hot as the um, stovetops will go, so there is that. Mm. Um, yeah, so we're talking about risks today. Where did this topic come from? Why did you want to talk about this? I have no idea. I was lit, I was just walking around like the house and I was like, huh, that might be a good topic. And so I try to, if I think about it at the time, if there's something I really want to talk about, I will try to text you right away so I don't forget. <laughs> because I will, I will forget for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So I was trying to think about it and I had some risks and I should have taken notes, but yeah. What, what are some risks that you've taken? What is the biggest risk that you've taken that has paid off? Oh, that's a, we're going to jump right question. into this. Ooh. That, that's actually paid off. <laughs> Because a lot of times they don't pay off very well. <laughs> Maybe not necessarily paid off in the way that you think it, thought it would, but paid off nonetheless. I really didn't write an answer, an answer for this. Now I'm having to think about it. <laughs> See, I have easy ones because I take stupid risks all the time. Either quitting my job when I did not have a job lined up for afterwards in, like, as soon as I finished high school, I was working at a restaurant and I quit and I didn't have a job lined up, but that job was literally giving me nightmares and I was so miserable there. Um, And they said, where are you going to work? And I said, I don't know. (laughs) I said, I'm applying to Home Depot. And... 
then I went on vacation and I got a call from Home Depot while I was gone and I had an interview when I came back and I started working shortly thereafter. And that was a risk worth taking. You know what? That's actually funny. Speaking of Home Depot risk, because when I left Office Depot, I did not have a job either. And I only applied for Home Depot because our mutual friend Keelan was like, oh yeah, I work at this Home Depot up here. You should apply. So I just did. <laughs> now, just did. been there almost four years now, so I think that may have paid off. <laughs> yeah. You've been there four years. You've moved up a couple times. Yeah, so much fun. And you get to be the boss without having to be the boss. Which is a fantastic middle ground. It really is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was making... I don't think I made as much working at Home Depot as I did my last job, just because my last job got tips. But it was so nice to have consistency, to be able to have morning schedules when I needed them, and to have a boss who wouldn't just, like, turn around and tell me I was stupid. I was like... He wouldn't say those exact words, but he always made me feel like I was being really dumb. And I just, I liked Home Depot and I could work on projects and people would help me. And I was able to transfer that job from Seguin to Austin. And it was great. I really liked working at Home Depot for what it was. Would I go back? Probably not. But am I glad that I had that job? Yeah. yeah oh, going yeah. back would be a uh, definite difference. Like once you're out, once you're out of retail, you really don't ever want to go back because it's like mm, it's slightly, slightly stressful. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm back and serving again, and that's kind of weird. But yeah, I'm like I was already here. Why am I back? <laughs> yeah, changing jobs is probably the most consistent risk I've taken, like career-wise or anything like that. Just honestly, deciding to go to UT was a was a pretty big risk too, because I could have gone to a whole lot of other places, and people wanted me to go to other places, and it was just like, nope, I'm gonna basically I've never lived on my own. I'm just gonna up and I'm gonna move up to the other side of the state, and we'll just see what happens. <laughs> Why did you pick UT then? If everybody was telling you, well, not no, to. so so my mom thought the school when she went and visited back in the day when she actually went to, was debating going there. Um, was like the school was way too big and way too chaotic but when i went to on my visit it was like at home i was like oh this is great i love this so you know and then a lot of people it you know it was kind of far away there were other places i could have gone in in the metroplex i mean it wasn't like i had to go there but initially i went for engineering and they have one of the top engineering schools in the country so it was easy decision for me and i was never going to go to a m so there was that <laughs> I was never I got into AM. I was not gonna go. I just applied because I could. But there was no way I was ever gonna go to AM. So I didn't even finish the application for AM because I started reading about all of their traditions and I was like, This is this is too culty. I can't do this. That, mm. Some people love it. It was not my thing. I was like, mm 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 mm. So I didn't even finish applying. I started and I was like, and I no, couldn't. not even going to So me and my it. wife have both gone to UT. So <clears throat> if my children even think I'm going to allow them to go to A&M and they want my money, they better go figure something out. <laughs> it's like, what you won't be getting is no help from daddy. 
you better go to UT or and not Baylor. Nah, not Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, there's not very many Texas schools. UTD would be good. UTA would be good too. But no, no. UTSA? Yeah. No, UTA, Arlington. What about I don't UTSA? Know. I haven't heard a whole lot about them. They might be okay though too. They're really small, but I just think they're a very sweet school. And I've been on their campus a couple times, and every time I'm just like, these people care for their students. And they are just working really hard to make sure that their kids get what they need and are successful. See, that's not, I that's like not UTSA. Bad. That's not bad at all. They can go there, too. Yeah. No Baylor. Not, not letting them go to Texas. because I'm not driving to Lubbock if they get in trouble. Uh-uh. And no a <laughs> So there are plenty of other colleges they can go to. Plenty. Plenty of other ones. <laughs> um, going back to risks. Because I'm done talking about colleges. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> we started with kind of a risk when I said that I'm being really bored and I don't get exciting coffees. The other day, uh, my boyfriend and I were taking a little road trip. And so I was getting snacks. And I went and picked out a bunch of snacks. And I got back in my car and I looked at what I had. And I said, I am the most predictable person in the world. I got Oreos, Cheez-Its, apples, Cliff Bars. Every single road trip I've been on where I got to pick the snacks, I picked those things. <laughs> and so then I was really mad at myself. And I wanted to just turn around and go back in the store and do something exciting. Because I was like, I want to do something else. But then I was like... But I know that I'm going to enjoy these. Exactly. So I'm just going to get these. <laughs> that, that would be like one of those low-level risks where you're like, okay, do I really want to go try a new snack? But then if it's the only snack you have and you don't like it and you're in the car hungry, you have to stop again for food. See, it's, it's all bad. And there are not really any food stops between uh, here and we were going to Bend. Um, there are no food stops. There's like three very early on and then like, Two hours of nothing. And then an hour of sporadic stops that are all unknowns to me. I've never stopped at any of them. <laughs> so yeah, if we got snacks that we didn't like, we would be stuck with no That's options. Not That's not good at all. <laughs> so yeah, those are low-level risks that apparently I am not willing to take, but I'm very upset with myself when I don't take them. That, that see. Because I'm so predictable. I understand that. That can happen. But snacks are food's a thing. You have to be careful <laughs> about food. Uh, then there is, you know, the daily risk we all take. Hitting the snooze button. We know we all just like click, mm. click. <laughs> this morning, I hit the snooze three times. Three times this morning. So, yeah. See, I don't even hit snooze. I just sleep through it. Because all of the alarms on my phone are too quiet. They don't wake me up. So then I set it to music on my phone, which wakes me up. But then I'm like, oh, this is a good song. And I go back to sleep. And then I have no alternatives. And then I'm just out until my body's like, okay, you're done. Time to get up. That's a damn shame. <laughs> I need to get a real alarm clock because I like my phone, but it doesn't work. Actually, we need one too. We need a clock in the room. Because we had a clock mm -hmm. and it kind of broke and so I got rid of it, but we haven't replaced it yet. So we're just guessing on the time most of the time versus, <laughs> it, you know, because sometimes you, you like 
okay, I just want to look across the room and see what time it is. Okay, let me roll over and find my phone. Let me figure out where it fell or if it's even on the spot it's supposed to be. <sighs> yeah, I got to get a lot of clock for this, for this one. I love the way you say that. We're just guessing at the time. <laughs> it's true. It's terrible. Um, that's really funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I am the worst about, I do not guess at time. That is not a risk that I am willing to take. And if I forgot my watch the other day, what did I do? I woke up and my watch had like left a mark on my skin. Like it had cut into my skin overnight. And I was like, that's kind of weird. It wasn't bad. It looked like, like a mosquito bite had been agitated. Um, but then I took my watch off cause I was like, oh, I'll let it heal a little bit. And then I forgot to put it back on before I left the house for the day. And the whole day I was like. I was so upset. So I always have my watch on. Um, what are some other low-level risks that people take? Oh, new clothing. Remember your um, your hat story? Mm. <laughs> that was a that was a very low-level risk. You were like, nope, screw that. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's such a cute hat. And sometimes. When I am like sitting in front of the mirror, adjusting it just right, it can look okay. But if I have to take it off and then put it back on, I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't know what it looks like. I'm not taking the risk of feeling like I look stupid. And I also don't know what other people are going to think about my hat. And I'm just so self-conscious about it that I can't do it. I feel like that with a lot of clothes. And sometimes I'm just like, ah, screw it. I don't care. I'm going to wear whatever I want. And so I definitely do not blend in all the time around here. I mean, here. you have elephant pants, so. <laughs> I don't wear the elephant pants very often. It's actually the the fun pants that get a lot of looks. And, yeah, I just feel like my closet lends itself to a more eastern region than west coast. Because, like, I look at the girls around here and I'm like, I don't have any of the same clothes as you. Unless they come from the Midwest. And then I'm like, hey, I have almost the same dress. <laughs> I don't ever wear it, but That's I have fantastic. it. That happens more frequently than you would think. I think the only thing I have that really is, like, a West Coast type of thing is I have this cardigan that's really long. And I see girls wear cardigans like those all the time. And it's my favorite cardigan. But it's also like my sister has the exact same one in Texas. So I'm like, that maybe isn't a regional thing. That's a kind of a universal trend that I've finally jumped on board with. Yeah, that's about it. I don't really buy clothes up here very often. Yeah, so um, I'm trying the little trunk club thing where basically they send you some clothes. And Ooh. so is that September when I get my next one? So... I have a couple of button-down shirts I would have never bought myself, but they came in the truck. I'm like, okay, these are pretty nice. I'll keep these and send the rest back. So it's like it's like forcing you to at least have stuff that's different, maybe, because you don't have to buy uh-huh. any of it. But, you know, it it shows up. You're like, okay, I try this out. I almost bought these pair of boots, but they were so expensive. I just could not convince myself to do it. So you got to find a similar yes. pair. Now that you know what they look like, you need to go find some that look like them that I, are cheaper. I have, a, I have a few on my Amazon shopping list, so there are a few. But they're still not 
that like they're more expensive than I would normally pay for a pair of shoes. But it's like, yeah, okay, maybe I just do it anyway. <laughs> so yeah, that's stuff like that. It's like I, at least I'm gonna have someone else pick clothes for me and they just send them to me and I'll figure out if I like it or not. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a beautiful, beautiful maybe an exaggerated word. It's such a fun thing. I haven't done one yet, but I really, really want to. Um, to have somebody else choose those clothes for you, because I hate choosing clothes. Oh my gosh, it's so stressful. Um, so to have someone else choose them for you and to be able to try them in your own home with your other clothes without having to be like, oh shoot, how much did I pay for this? You can like try it on, decide if you like it. And if you absolutely love it, then you look at the price tag and you're like, okay, maybe not, but I'll find something else like it. Or, yeah, that's a good deal. But you already have it, like, fit in your closet. You see how it works. Yeah. The other thing I realized, especially when it comes to, like, trying new clothes, is increasing your minimum budget helps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> because usually it's like, oh, polo, I'm not paying over 30 bucks for a polo. Once I started going up to 50, I'm like, okay, now the world is a whole lot bigger. (laughs) It's like, fine, let's just do it. But then it makes you really, really picky. So you don't really want to try like too many new things. It's like, oh, no, is it really worth 50 bucks? I only like it like $30 worth. So back on the shelf. (laughs) I admire your self-control and responsibility when it comes to clothes shopping. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, I, I still shop at thrift stores. I actually, I say I still, I am planning on not stopping shopping at thrift stores anytime soon because sustainability and cheapness and variety and so many reasons that just, I like thrift stores. I think they're fun. And then we can, we can crank it up to the um, medium level risks, things like, um, taking a new job that's that's a that's not a small risk at all um then there is the uh, which i've done a few times confronting a boss or a coworker about something going on at work that's like all right put your big boy pants on we got to go have this conversation most of, and most of the time i find that people are okay with it as long as you know you come not particularly aggressive <laughs> things tend to work out pretty pretty well and especially like talking to my all of my different types of bosses if you come with a problem and a plan that conversation goes over really really easily but if you just come to complain with no plan things don't doesn't really help uh my current boss he was trying to get me he wasn't trying to get me to do anything um but he was asking me to work more hours little by little and was really pushing like I'm working 20 hours right now and there was a certain week that he was pushing and trying to get closer to like 27 and I was like okay this isn't working so I told him I said hey if you want me to start working closer to 30 hours can we talk about a pay raise maybe and I went in and I was so nervous about even asking him and in my head I was like all right 20 cents 50 cents is like the big number. I will settle for 20 cents. And so he started talking and said, okay, let's negotiate while I'm working. And like when I'm working, I'm not like standing around waiting for a customer to show up. And so I said, I don't know. I haven't really thought about the numbers, which I have, but I was also like, I've heard that you're supposed to let them pick a number. And he said, 
does 50 cents sound good? And I was like, yes, that yeah. sounds great. <laughs> that sounds good. And he's like, that's like, we could start there. We'll figure out if we could do a dollar. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was absolutely blown away. And I was so glad that I did not suggest 20 cents because now I'm making a dollar more an hour, which it's is fantastic. Better. And I'm so it, grateful. It, it makes you want to take those extra, those extra hours. <laughs> That was something that I dealt with when I worked for the newspaper so much. Everything felt like a risk at the newspaper. That's probably why I was so ex- exhausted while I worked there. It was just it felt like every day I was having to take some risk of like cold calling somebody. I hate cold calling. Oh my gosh, it is the worst. Because you never know what's going to be on the other side. Which probably is actually like a low level risk. But when it's your job on the line every yeah. time... It feels a little well, bit when higher. It, when, it give, when it provides anxiety, it's kind of like, okay, <laughs> probably a good idea. But yeah, so no, if it causes you anxiety, that makes that makes it a risk. Even even if it's like to other people wouldn't be a big deal, it still makes it a risk to you. Yeah. Ugh, that's so stressful. That's a risk, taking a job with less pay because you get really used to living a certain way. But yeah, no. When you, mm-hmm. that's a that's one of those what I what we consider high risk though. When you're moving to a different city, like to take a different job, more pay, less pay doesn't really matter. But you're moving like into way more of an unknown like situation versus what you've been had what you've had like stable. Yeah, it's definitely. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. that's. It's scary, but I think there's just so much more excitement with those risks than with the medium risks. Like, low and medium are just a little anxiety-inducing. Low is sometimes just frustrating for myself. Medium is anxiety-inducing. And then high-level risks are really nerve-wracking, but also really exciting because it's like, oh, the payoff for this could be huge. Like moving across the country. Uh, I moved from texas to oregon and no it was definitely a very good decision and i'm really glad that i moved moved. up here i really loved living in austin but i i think this is where i'm supposed to be and you 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 said that way too casual you moved from austin texas to roseburg oregon like you didn't just move like it's not like you moved from austin to portland like you moved to a tiny town way across the country that's like 2,000 miles away. I'm like, I still remember the day you told me you were moving to Oregon. I'm like, she's doing what? She... <laughs> and then I'm like, where? And then you say, I'm like, where? I had to look up on a map. I was like, where the hell is this place? So that that's a much different level, I think. <laughs> See, but to me, it just felt like I'm moving, period. I don't know. It didn't feel like that big of a deal because I just was so excited. It was like, oh, I'm starting a new adventure. I get to go live on my own where I can't just like turn around and go home and do laundry at mom's house when I have no money for laundry mats. Um, And I can't go home whenever I'm like, I don't want to cook for myself. I'm going to drive an hour home. Have mom make me food. Come back. <laughs> See, that, yeah, that just, that just shows our, our difference in how like our pain of moving because moving from Austin to San Antonio for me was like a giant deal. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm moving all the way to San Antonio. This is terrible. 
you're like, eh, cross country, whatever. 2,000 miles, eh, whatever. I'll be by myself. I'm just going to pack my car up and drive. <laughs> well, I think it also felt like a much smaller deal because I had been trying to figure out how to move to Istanbul, Azerbaijan, Russia, or... Those were the big three. I don't remember what the if there was a fourth option or what it was. Um, but, like, to go from a high risk... And then bring it down a couple notches. I guess we're calling those extreme risks. Yeah. Moving to another country. And then bringing it down to, oh, you're just moving somewhere else within the same country. I'm like, oh, I don't even need a passport to travel. That's fair. Another, uh, what I would consider high risk is moving in with someone. That That's a whole, especially if it's more than one person. Oh, my word. Yeah. Because you're... You're assuming, like when you're talking, you're friends, you're assuming that, okay, we know each other well enough, we know each other's personality well enough that we can go make this happen. <sighs> it is not always the case. Sometimes you get there and you realize that that one person is extremely frustrating. <laughs> we have to be around them all the time. Changes your dynamic real, real big. Mm-hmm. I'll have a few nightmare stories about that, but that's still. Which mm. we talked about that in the roommates episode. So if you haven't listened to that yet, you should go listen to the roommates yeah. episode. Nightmares. Yeah, that's, that's to me a high risk, especially because you have to sign a lease. So you are agreeing to most of the time a whole year, <laughs> at least with uh, whoever you decide to move in with, let alone, you know signing multiple uh, leases. I had roommates for three, three years straight. Four, no, four years almost. Yeah, because some of them ended up moving out halfway through. So yeah, we had roommates for a while. I had roommates for a long time. So glad to not have those particular roommates anymore. It was just a bit of a stressful situation, so. <laughs> um. My sister actually just moved to Austin and she was talking about how stressful it was for her to try to find roommates and her old roommate situation was like sometimes pretty great and sometimes not super awesome and she just has not had great luck with roommates. I've had amazing luck with roommates (laughs) and I've moved in with people with very little discussion and yeah, just not a lot of discussion ahead of time and it's turned out pretty swell for, what, six years of living with other people that are not my family. My last roommate, actually, I had zero say in her moving in because we were both doing month-to-month rentals from the same house. And so we were just renting a room from the same house. And then we decided we liked each other and we didn't like our landlord. So we went and found somewhere else. <laughs> I remember that. I, you know, I actually forgot you had that other roommate. Yeah. I've had a lot of roommates in a short time frame. I've only had four, no, five, one, two, three, five roommates. Like. I've had six roommates in as many years. That's rough. And now, well, now I have one, two, two more roommates, two to four more roommates. <laughs> Yeah, 
Okay, I want to know, how did the discussion go with Melissa when you get, actually, if you don't want to talk about that, we don't have to talk about that, we can cut that. But I want to know how the discussion went when you and Melissa decided to move in. And I want to know how it went when you decided you were going to move into your sister-in-law's house. So the, the discussion for me and Melissa moving in was basically simple. And we lived in Austin, and it was just more economical to live together. <laughs> because, I mean, you're talking about we were each paying more than $900 a month or something like that. It was crazy. Because we had lived, as you continue to resign, like the prices kept going up. So we were, we were paying a combined like 16, 17, 18, almost $1,800 total. Um, so we said, screw it. We're just going to live together. <laughs> that was really, it was mostly that simple. Besides the problem, we've been living, we've been dating for three, no, four years at that point. So it was like, yeah, it was about that time anyway. Um, but so that was an easy choice. It was a similar situation when we moved into my sister-in-law's house because, so this house is the family house, but her parents are living in Maryland right now. So the house is being taken care of by her sister. So there are extra bedrooms here. And COVID pretty much killed our ability to, to go find a place to live because no places were showing like the actual apartments. So we couldn't come up here and find a place to live. So it only made sense like screw it. There's a house with rooms in it that we can go live and pay like a third of the amount in rent and just help out around here and just do that. So that's what we did. It just was COVID pretty much changed the entire game plan for the fall. And then you're going to have so much money saved up, right? That's the goal. That's the goal. And that's, that's the thing about risks is there are always supposed to be a payoff. Now, if we get out, of, yeah, if we get out of here with like ten thousand dollars saved, that'd be fantastic. That that would make it, you know, well worth it. It's <laughs> a lot of money. I know. That's so exciting. If I didn't pay rent for a year, I would save like three thousand dollars. That's 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 still beautiful. <laughs> it's it's very nice, but I'm like. $3,000 to just live in a house for an apartment for a year? That's not terrible. And that's not like, that's potential for a down payment. I'm like, no, you need like $40,000 for a down payment. I would have to live rent-free for a lot of years, for like 13, 14 years to make my rent equivalent to a down payment on a house. But you know what that, you know what that really is? That's why people get married. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like we can pull our resources together and make this work versus one of us trying to figure this shit out by yourself, especially when you're not like rolling in dough. <laughs> yeah, I'm making no money. But this new job, I will make more than I currently make, which is exciting because I am considering like a future where I could be married which I didn't for a long time. For a long time, I was just like, I'm going to be single forever. And like, that's not even something I'm going to bother with. And then I met my boyfriend. I'm like, maybe one day I won't be single forever. And <laughs> we'll see where this goes. Um, the, the, the funniest part about that, I remember having those conversations and I was like, Janelle's just tripping. She's going to find somebody anyway. Get over it. <laughs> 
I feel like I was a big dramatic. I just like looked around and I saw my sisters and I saw my life trajectory and I saw the guys that were potential and I was like, you know what? I'm totally happy with being single. And I still think I was talking to uh, my boyfriend's little sister about this the other day. She she asked, did you like being single or being married more? And I said, well, I'm not married, so I can't speak to that. <laughs> and I said, I think you should be. It's better to be happy and be single than to be miserable and be married or something along those lines. And every once in a while, she'll sit down with me and she will just ask a big question that I'm like, oh, shoot, this, ah, shoot, ha, 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 ha. And, and your answer really matters yeah because she will remember <laughs> i know so i try to like take those questions and stop whatever i'm doing and think very seriously about it because i'm like whatever i say could potentially be the way she views this for a very long time if not forever mm -hmm. so yep. i tried to take that one very seriously i was like well i like started with some rambling about like I enjoyed being single and there were some good things about being single. It's like this is a this is a terrible sell. Start over. And so then we went back and I mean anyone anytime someone asks me about that, it's like, no, honestly, people who don't know how to be single are insufferable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, like driving like, crazy. It's, it's, it is okay. Like I've been with my wife now how long have we been together at least 10 years 11 years like almost 11 years 11 years almost yeah jesus christ almost 11 years <laughs> so it's like but before then i was single a lot if you don't know how to like how are you ever going to know who the hell you are if you're always with someone mm -hmm. you can't you literally can't because <laughs> your 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 mental makeup is always attached to somebody else it's crazy. Uh, I saw a meme the other day. I've seen it before, but every time I see it, it makes me laugh so hard. It's like, Brad Pitt is the guy who likes to look like his girlfriends. And it's a picture of him with each of his girlfriends in the past. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Let me see if I can find it. And he's like dressed like them and his haircut looks like theirs. Oh my gosh, it's hysterical. I don't know if you're going to be able to see this. And then we will share that meme on our Instagram because it's so funny. Uh, but yeah, he, like, that's what I think about when I think about people who cannot be single by themselves. Like, can't do it, don't know how to do it, are not comfortable doing it. I'm like, wh what are you hoping to find in this other person? There was a really interesting podcast on Hidden Brain the other day. They do a U2.0 series um, over the summer, and I've been listening to those. And there was one about marriage. I don't remember what the title was, but it was about marriage and about relationships in general. And they were talking about how marriage and relationships have evolved. Um, and most of it, I was like, yeah, I know this. Like, it used to be arranged marriages and you just kind of figured it out. And marrying for love is a new concept. Um, but then they were talking about how, like, at some point there was this idea of opposites attract. And yeah, it was very interesting. I do recommend that one because I just learned a lot and it was very interesting to see how, from a very scientific perspective, our current culture takes marriage in a very different context than it has in the past 30 to 50 to 80 years. Um, so when you look at your parents' relationship and then you look at your older friends' relationships and then you look at your relationship, like, there are definitely cultural markers that show, like, 
why did you pick the person that you did and what are you expecting out of them? Um, and I think people who cannot be single have a really hard time identifying those things that they were talking about in the podcast. So yeah, go listen to that one. People who cannot be single are insufferable. Oh my gosh. Anytime I meet somebody who's just like, I can't wait to be married. I'm so upset that like, where is my significant other? I'm just waiting. I'm working on myself. I'm waiting for them. And I'm like, you're not being patient. You were not working on yourself and waiting for someone else. You are just being anxious and annoying. Shut up. Because they posted on Facebook. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> You're not going to find a girlfriend by posting about how lonely you are on Facebook. <laughs> and honestly, just makes you seem desperate. <laughs> Which is no good. Uh-uh. But yeah, getting married is a big risk. Because, <laughs> like, you big make risk. that vow and you say, I'm with you forever. And even though a lot of people get divorced these days, that's a lot of, um, like, legal hassle. And a lot of loss can come with that. Because not only are you losing that period of your life, like, anything that happened in that period of your life, you're, like, it looks distorted and messy. And then there can be financial repercussions. If there are kids, you might have to pay child support. And it just, like, affects everything. If you go through a divorce and if you get married, you're like, you have this other person with you all of the time. Even if you're not like in the same space, they're still part of you. <laughs> yep. And there's a, any decision you make, you have to put it through the consideration of another person. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a big change. <laughs> We've been married six months and it's just like. There's a lot of stuff that, a lot of little stuff that I would like, I would normally never even bring up. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should say something before I do this. <laughs> Just because, you know, wife. <laughs> Has it changed that much since you guys were living together before already? Um, it, it does, especially on the um, financial mm. like, considerations. Like a lot of stuff is like whatever we do even if it's just going to the store to grab some stuff like whatever we do it affects both of us at every time so it's just it's a little bit different on that front and then we're we're, we're because we're not in our own space like completely it's a little bit weird too because we're trying to decide how much we want to um affect the area we're in <laughs> mm-hmm. like how much do i feel like we're going to go reorganize this this and this you know yeah how involved do you want to be in like the actual flow of the house? Because you know me, I like things to be a very particular way. Um, and you will be happy to know I didn't completely rearrange the entire kitchen like I wanted to. I'm just learning the kitchen as it is. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> that sounds like a very difficult task. Except for the pantry. I did a lot of stuff in the pantry. <laughs> you never sent me after pictures. Just... Oh, yeah, I need to do that. Yeah. It's still, it's still pretty clean. Um, ooh, uh, I'm looking at our show notes and I'm cheating a little bit. Um, but under extreme risks, it says skydiving. And it made me think of something. Somebody suggested this the other day and I've been asking everyone this question. If you had a month off of work that it was just like your work says, go do whatever you want to do for a whole month and you have the funds to do something, what would you do for an entire month? What? Yeah, what would you do with a month off? Uh, a month—that's a long—that's a long time off. Um, 
at least half, at least two weeks would be like going camping, like to a cabin just out on Lake Travis or wherever, just somewhere away from a whole bunch of people. <laughs> and then maybe a month of driving around doing road trips. I didn't go to Cali. Never been to Cali in a while. Cali, come to Oregon, Oregon, Washington. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go West Coast all the way around. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, I'll be your West Coast, and, honey. And then I'll fly back. I'll, I'll fly back for sure. <laughs> I'm not driving back. Yeah. She's getting all upset. Jesus. I like your cabin idea. That's also what I want to do. I'm about to have a month off here. Um, If I get this position for the new job, it'll start. I think the first thing is September 9th. And this job ends August or it ends July 31st. So I have all of August that I can do whatever I want as long as I still, my other job, as long as I can work around that. So I'm trying to think, like, can I get a cabin and go right for a week or two weeks? Yeah, that, that would be a real, real nice, mm. relaxing time. That sounds fine. All right. Any other risks you want to talk about? No, I think we're, I think we're yeah. good. Getting a dog. Yeah. <laughs> He's mad. Ooh, getting a pet is a big risk. Because you're like, oh, shoot, how yeah. expensive is this going to be? It's really hard to anticipate how expensive a pet's going to be. And then you're like, oh, shoot, do I have enough time for this? There's so many risks involved with pets. But yeah. All right. Tell us what you guys think about risks and pets and housing and any of the things. We like to hear from you guys. It's fine. I like them. Um, yeah. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All the usual places. You can find us. We're pretty easy to find. Um, and you can always shoot us an email at uh, coffeesidepodcast at gmail.com. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Bye.